Good morning to each of you. It's uh, great uh, to uh, be together in this way. at the Christ child. For a young guy just uh, getting into science and also being new in the faith, all this seemed very exciting. I don't know whether or not you know it, but we're in for uh, a special treat this Advent. On December 21st, just after sundown, we will be able to see a rare alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. Their coming together in this way is called a conjunction. I've always heard the term conjunction in regard to, um, to English and grammar, but never in regard to, to things that had to do with the movement of the planets. These two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, align this way every 20 years or so. This year, though, they are separated in their, in their alignment by just one-tenth of one degree, an occurrence the world has not seen since the Middle Ages, 1229 to be exact. That's just under 800 years. The two will come together to provide a great light in the sky. Let me encourage you to turn your gaze to the night sky here in a couple of weeks. In fact, let me encourage you to turn your gaze to the night sky on a regular basis. Whenever I do, I am reminded of the vastness of God's creation. More importantly, I am reminded of the one who is behind it all. God's handiwork in all its glory is on full display. Psalm 19 puts it this way. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. The prophet Isaiah also talks about God's glory and does so pointedly in writing about the joy of the redeemed. His focus is not so much on the heavens, but on all that is going on around him. The glory of the Lord is, is all around us as well. It comes to us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, particularly this season of the year when we are looking for such things more so than at other times of the year. So let's hear then this reading from God's Word from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through 10. Let's uh, hear this passage as a sign that points to things to come. Let's hear this from God's Word. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst forth into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, 
the splendor of Carmel and, and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. A highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is God's word. And may it be a deep and abiding blessing to, to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. I found that there is a, a certain rhythm to Christmas. For me, the rhythm of Christmas is best demonstrated by the night of Christ's birth. We should not be surprised that, that God makes his way into the lives of common, ordinary people, just like you and me. I don't know about you, but that heartens me to, to no end. You know the story. The angel of the Lord appeared to a group of shepherds tending their flocks by night. We, we read from Luke 2, verse 9, The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. The glory of the Lord shone around them. God's glory has a way of intersecting life at the most surprising moments. God has a way of making his, his presence known, even in the midst of those things that otherwise vie for our attention. God has a way of, of breaking into life. All of us, like the shepherds, have sheep to tend. Our sheep are just, are just different. We, we tend to, to a lot of things, and we spend a lot of time on those things to the expense of missing God's glory. We do well to open ourselves to God's presence, God's glory for our lives. I often wonder about that night when Christ was born. It was a holy night indeed. The glory of God intersected the otherwise mundane day-to-day -day stuff of life and made it very special. It was his glory that, that made everything different. God has a way in his glory of taking the ordinary things of, 
of this life and making them extraordinary, extraordinary in every way. The rhythm of Christmas is always marked by the glory of God and then followed by a grateful response where you and I return to God glory that is due his name. It stands to reason then that Christ's birth, there was uh, at Christ's birth, there was a, a great company of heavenly hosts who appeared with an angel and they, uh, they prayed uh, and praised God by, by saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace for those upon whom his favor rests. The glory of God was followed by those so struck by that glory that they then returned to him glory and did so by offering their praise and thanksgiving. This is the rhythm of Christmas. God's glory being present and then us being struck by that glory, returning glory to his name for all he has done. It comes to us then, not only to seek God's glory, but to give God glory in response. The Westminster Catechism states, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do, do it all for the glory of God. God's glory is evident throughout all of Scripture. It's, it's always glorious when God presents himself, and certainly the account, accounts that we find in, in Scripture uh, bespeak of God intersecting life, of, of making his glory known. As we've already mentioned, the glory of God was evident at creation and continues to this day. I can't look to the heavens without seeing God. I can't take in the beauty of nature without noticing God's handiwork. God's glory is all around us. The angels shouted in Isaiah 6.3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Down through history, God has made himself known in powerful ways. God appeared to, to Moses in the burning bush. His glory burned brightly. God led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. By night. His glory was evident in every way. God approached those same people at Mount Sinai with thunder, lightning, and the blast of a loud trumpet. The whole mountain was covered with smoke and God descended in fire. God's glory was evident. God's glory is surely evident even to this day. Much later, the prophet Isaiah, in writing about a day of redemption, talked about the glory of the Lord coming for all to see. In Isaiah 35.3, the prophet writes, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. God's glory would be on display for all to see. The feeble were strengthened. 
Those in need of salvation were saved. Sight for the blind was restored, and hearing offered to those who were unable to hear. The lame walked, and they didn't just walk, but they they leapt for joy. The way was provided for those in bondage to return to their homeland. These things and so much more were a part of God's glorious work in the lives of his people. The context of this great prophecy from Isaiah 35 is the Babylonian exile of 586 B.C. God had warned his people that judgment was to come. Eventually, the Babylonians came and vanquished Jerusalem, sending the residents there off to exile. It was a horrible time for those who followed God. Eventually, though, God provided a way for them to return home. The prophet writes in Isaiah 35, 8, a highway will be there, and it will be called the way of holiness. In ancient times, roads were open only to those who had made themselves ceremonially pure. Such roads were open only to those ready to worship. The nation of Judah, during a time of exile, went through a a refining fire, if you will. They they began to to be molded and shaped to where they would, would be able to dedicate themselves to God even more than they ever had. Their time in Babylon brought them to to the place where they would be able to to worship and to glorify God's holy name like they had never done before. All of this during a time of refining. Given all that's going on for us, it could very well be said that we are going through a refining fire as well. The pandemic has, has been something else. It has altered life, and we have had to adjust in, in many, many ways. We, we'd like to put 2020 behind us. We'd like for, to see it in the rearview mirror. We, we remain ever hopeful that 2021 will be much different. Hopefully, all that we are going through will refine us, that we are going through this, this season of, of proving And that we are put at a much better place to give God the glory that is due him after all is said and done. And we don't need to wait until then, but we can go ahead and and go go ahead and offer our our praise and thanksgiving God's way, offering him glory that is due his name. The highway that Isaiah writes about in uh, chapter 35 is similar to, the, to what he writes in, in Isaiah 40. We find in Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her heart, that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. She has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. Hear the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The rough ground shall become level. 
the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. These are not only the words of the prophet Isaiah, but they are the words that are spoken by John the Baptist in proclaiming that the Messiah was about to come. It was a sign that involved the, the, the glorious nature of God moving into the life of the world through his son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus, God builds a highway that brings redemption to his people. We've been talking a lot about that redemption with the kids in, in, in our confirmation class this fall. We've been talking about the salvation that is theirs and is ours in Jesus Christ. In Christ, God's glory is on full display as he provides the way for our salvation. And we have known that way to be Jesus Christ. I pray that as we make our way through this season, that we will walk the highway Isaiah speaks about, giving glory to God all along the way. Prepare the way of the Lord in your own heart. And as you do, give him glory by offering yourself to his way for your life. God has always been in the business of displaying his glory. He has always been about redeeming his creation. God does that no more profoundly than when he sends his son, Jesus Christ, to save us once and for all. During this season, when all sorts of Christmas decorations are on display, let's not miss God on display as well. God's presence is all around us. God's presence is also in us. And because of that, his glory comes shining through. Think of it. God is on display gloriously in you and me. I don't know about you, but that gives me pause to glorify him all the more. So then, let's give God glory for the great things he has done. Let's give God glory for the great things he is doing even now. And above all things, let's give God glory for the great thing that he has done by sending Jesus Christ into the life of the world. Have you ever heard of uh, the term glory sightings? I've been a part of uh, small groups that have made a, a regular practice of reporting glory sightings. Glory sightings are those ways that we have seen God at work. I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to make a list of your glory sightings. Take out a, a pen and paper and get to work on that. Write down your glory sightings. You'll be glad that you did. I did that the other day, and before too long, I had quite a list. I can't tell you how much my spirit was was lifted. I was given hope for the day and certainly encouragement for tomorrow. All because I, I took the time of, of not only noticing, but writing down the way that God's glory had become evident in my life. 
glory sightings. It's all too easy, all too easy to lose hope these days. Let's not fall for that. Let's resist that. Let's look for God at work. Let's see his glory in our midst. After all, we're living in that glory and have every reason to be hopeful. Hope and glory just go together like peas and carrots. The glory of the Lord gave hope to those in exile so many centuries ago. The glory of the Lord gave hope to those who gathered in, around the manger the night Jesus was born. The glory of the Lord will give hope to you and me as we continue to meet out the days ahead. And again, remembering the great rhythm that is that of Christmas. As we know and understand, even as we experience the very glory of the Lord in our lives, may we then turn and offer Him glory, glory that is due His name. And so let us exclaim to the very top of our lungs, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Let's pray together. And God, we do thank you for your wonderful glory, your very presence in our lives and in the life of the world. God, we pray that our eyes are open, that our ears are, are ready to receive, that we would uh, know and understand your glory for our lives and for the life of your world. And in that, may we find ourselves turning your way, offering you the glory that is due your name. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful and beautiful season that reminds us of the, of the great thing that you have done. You have intersected life in a powerful and profound way as you have sent Jesus. We do thank you for your Son. And we thank you that through him we are able to uh, experience new life and have the hope of eternal life later on. We lay ourselves in Christ. We thank you for the glory of that. And in that may we uh, turn and offer you thanksgiving. Blessed be your holy name. We glorify you today, Lord. And we thank you for this time of worship. And we do offer this prayer in the name of Christ our Lord, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen. And may God bless us all.